0: Pamela is giving us her pronouns. Ben and JLo are clogging up our Instagram feeds. And an actual woman won the Ivy League's nomination for Woman of the Year. I'll give you my losers of the week. Then country star John Rich joins me to share some progress. And last but not least, a card game that pokes fun at one of the dumbest times in recent history, the COVID era. And I'm topping it off with my final thoughts on the Griner prisoner swap in the works. A lot to get to, and it starts now. The last week of July is almost done but not before I give you a serving of losers. First up is our illustrious Vice President, perhaps the only person in the country and the world, who is worse at public speaking than sleepy Joe Brandon. Ladies and gentlemen and they thems, I give you Kamala Harris in all of her glory.
1: I am Kamala Harris, my pronouns are she and her.
0: Yeah, question how does she know her suit identifies as blue now Kamala's team says this bizarre introduction was to aid the hearing and visually impaired a noble cause for sure but still I don't think announcing her pronoun choice was to assist those with disabilities rather just placate her inner woke virtue signaling but for real guys that wasn't just cringe-worthy to watch it came across like a hostage video Kamala blink twice if they are now locking you in Joe's basement But my next loser of the week is actually a duo, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, Benifer as they call them. Now, if you haven't heard, 20 years after their first engagement fell apart, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who has been engaged a whopping six times, finally tied the knot. Now, that in and of itself does not make them losers. In fact, this mention actually has nothing to do with Ben and Jen themselves. I'm happy for them. Yay, love. It has to do with the non-stop media coverage of their dating, engagement, wedding, honeymoon, and everything in between. I swear one of them blows a nostril and its headline news. I'm over it, enough. To quote Courtney Kardashian circa 2011 season six. What's
1: wrong with you guys? My diamond earring came off in the ocean. My diamond earring's gone
0: there are people that are dying in a country, ours, that is failing. Enough with the Benefer updates for the love of God. I just had to get that one off my chest. But moving on to our last losers, slash, slash losers, have you heard the news? An actual woman won the Ivy League slot in the bid towards the NCAA title of Woman of the Year, beating out bio male Leah Thomas. Now the losers here are Leah Thomas, who legit lost, UPenn for nominating Leah Thomas instead of a deserving female, and the woke sports and regular media who cheered for Leah to win the coveted award over actual women who worked their tails off to compete and then get beat by a bio male with bio male advantages. Congratulations to Columbia University fencer Sylvie Binder, who won the Ivy League nod. And congratulations to the rest of my losers of the week on their coveted awards. And P.S. Kamala, I have a feeling you'll be a repeat selection. But up next, his song Calling Out the Biden Administration sits at number one on iTunes. John Rich joins me in studio next. They
2: invite the whole world to come live in our our countrymen dying in Afghanistan They say let go of Jesus Let government say You can have back your freedoms If you do what we say Stick your progress Where the sun don't shine Keep your big mess Away from me and mine If you leave us alone Well, we'd all be just fine
0: The shine. All right. You just heard the song that's blowing up the iTunes chart, sitting at number one in the world, written and recorded by my next guest and my friend, John Rich. Boy, the liberals, the liberals <laughs> in entertainment and music, they do not like you right now because you're beating out names like Billie Eilish, Lizzo, just to name a couple. Yeah. And you're holding them off. How are you able to do that? Besides it just being an amazing song, it's not easy in this industry when you're independent. To do what you're doing
2: well first of all thanks for having me on your show and this is killer by the way i love your set i'm so glad you're. it's very john rich right it's it's very it's very tommy It's, (laughs) it's it's perfect um the song is not number one because i'm singing it i am nowhere near in the stratosphere of the artist you were just talking about the song is number one because of the lyrics of the song because of what it's saying and we've got this population out here that Uh, A recent poll said 88% of Americans agreed. Let's just start right there. 88% of Americans agreed on something? What? They agreed that the country was on the wrong track. 88%. And I saw that poll and I went, it's time to put this song out. And so you've got all these people that are totally underserved in the entertainment side of things, in music, movies. um, And when you finally give them something, that speaks to how they feel about things. And when you can finally figure out how to get around that machine and get it to them, they respond. So what I'm seeing right now is th- this song has just gone, it's just gone viral. If we can still use that word, that's what it's done. And people hear it and they go, ding, ding, ding. That's how I feel too. And then they forward it on to their people and they get forward and they get forwarded. And so because of that, it's uh, today is the seventh day. So if it hangs on to number one through midnight tonight, it's officially the billboard number one most downloaded song in America.
0: Wow, well we're gonna do everything we can to keep it number one, but you released it not just in a conventional way, you released it and really put it out there on Donald Trump's Truth Social, Mm -hmm. and a little help from the big guy as well, pushing it out for you, but why Truth Social and what did that do for the success of the song?
2: So one of the lines in the song says, they shut down our voices. And who is they? Well in my mind they was Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all these platforms that if you say something they don't like, they would just turn you off. They would just shut you down, turn you off, silence you. And I thought, well, how hypocritical would it be to put out a song like Progress that's railing against those platforms and what they've done to us, but then use their platforms to promote the song? I go, well, that's, that's hypocritical. I'm not going to do that. And I thought, huh, well, I even have a chance in hell at having, at being competitive out there amongst all these other artists, if I don't use Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, most people would say, no, you don't have a chance. And I thought, I probably don't have a chance, but I, I called up to folks at, at uh, True Social, got a hold of Rumble. I said, listen, let's launch it just with Truth and Rumble on the very first day, which was a week ago, uh, Friday. And I said, let's see what happens. So we lost it there, and Tommy, within six hours of it being out, it was the number one most downloaded song in America, and it has stayed there this entire time.
0: That also shows that people are on Truth Social and Rumble. I think a lot of platforms struggle to get off the ground when they're the (coughs) alternatives Mm to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, difficult for those platforms to make headway, but... It's evident by you releasing it there at the success of your song the message of your song but also the people that heard it on that platform that that platform is alive and well. Gavin Newsom's on Truth Social by the way. So oh, maybe know, he maybe he helps right?
2: maybe he helped elevate it. <laughs> I think he just went on there just to mess with everybody. Now, Tommy the Machine has done a great job in convincing all of us that we cannot exist without them. They've spent decades telling us you have to use us and we're the only game in town you know and so in the entertainment business you tend to believe it because hey look what else is there that's proven so what I wanted to prove was there are other routes to go you can beat the machine without bending the knee that's huge that that proving that point Not using those other platforms, only using Truth, only using Rumble, and still going number one, competing at the highest level you possibly can in music, but not just country, all artists that are out in America, showing that that can be done. To me, that's as big a story as the song being number one, is that how you did it. Right. And I hope it, you know, courage is contagious, so is fear. Both of those things. Highly contagious. Much more contagious than COVID ever thought about being. Courage is contagious. So, I stepped out there trust me you know i'm taking the incoming it's it's there's hatred coming from every possible place but there's support coming from every possible place but too. you
0: lean into the controversy and you yeah. have for quite a while we know this about you mm-hmm. how has country radio treated this
2: <laughs> song and you oh i'm disappointed in them i have a lot of friends at country radio i've that's been my whole life my whole adult life making country music having hits on the radio i've I've had dinner and a, and a cocktail with every radio man and woman in this country multiple times in my career. And there's a lot of great people at the radio station, the ones you hear their voice on the radio, and that's your that's your local your local DJ. It's not them. It's the people way up the food chain that that run these conglomerates that have bought up 90% of our radio stations. And whatever they say goes. So if they say, play this song a hundred times a week. You wonder why sometimes you hear the same song every 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. Well, that calls being made from way up the top, not from your local guy. The same thing goes with songs that they don't play. So if they say, yeah, we're not playing that. I actually ran an ad. It's called Country Air Check. So that's the, that's the, the blast that everybody gets every single day in the radio industry, and it's all the new songs and who's coming out with a new song and how this song is doing and all this stuff. I took out this big banner ad on the first page that says, Progress, number one most downloaded song across all genres, going for airplay immediately. Boom, there it is. That came out a few days ago, and I called my manager, and I said, well, how many stations are playing it? He said, that would be a total of zero. I said, nobody's playing it? He said, nobody's playing it. So it's disappointing to me because our audience The country audience in large part is who's putting me at that number one spot. Do they
0: not get that though? This isn't just about you even, this is about any of the artists out there that have been forthright about anything, their support for law enforcement, military, Mm -hmm. conservative principles and values, Christianity in some part, I mean, it seems like a lot of people have had this story when it comes to country radio. And I get it if you're talking about other genres. We know that they're left. We know that their audiences may be more left, or at least they think their audiences Mm -hmm. are more left. But country, go to a country concert. You don't see a lot of green-haired liberals at a country concert. But the executives whose job it is to know their audience, they don't
2: know their audience. Oh, no, they know the audience. They know the audience. They just don't care. They're just not gonna let them hear those things. Tommy, if I had a record deal right now, I was on Warner Brothers, that was the last record deal I had, which has been gone for several years, thank God. Warner Brothers, if I had turned in this song to Warner Brothers and said, I want this song to come out, they would go, yeah, I don't think so, and it would go on the shelf and you would have never heard it. So the only way you're even hearing this song is because I don't have a record deal. I don't have a publishing deal. I don't have anybody telling me what I can and cannot do. And you know what's sad about about the art form of music? I've always said you got singers and you got artists. A lot of people, a lot of people sing better than I do. They can hit better notes and do cooler stuff with their voice. But the artist is the one that writes the songs and puts things out that he knows out of the gate. Not everybody's going to love this, but this is true to who I am. We always talk about just be, believe in yourself, right? Right. That's one of the big phrases. Just be you. Just be you. Okay. Well, I will just be me, and I will just be true to myself. But when you do that, you know that the way the industry is today, they're not going to let it be heard, even though they know a large percentage of their core audience would probably blow their phone lines up and go play that 10 times a day. They're not going to let it be heard. So
0: how much does it take, though? Because we discussed this before. The same thing happened when Morgan Wallen had his debacle and his controversy. Mm -hmm. Country radio, all radio, took his number one album and didn't play it, they wouldn't play it on Spotify, they wouldn't play it on Pandora, you could go play it, but they weren't gonna put it in a mix, right. until his album and his songs became so popular, they couldn't <laughs> ignore them anymore, right. so is there a point? I mean, you're number one.
2: Uh, well, for me, you know, it's a young man's game, so I've been doing this since I was 18, I've been doing this a long time, I look at, at my role here with what this song is doing, and I said earlier, courage is contagious, that other artists, hopefully even artists you've never heard of before that have some kind of powerful song that they know the industry's not gonna support, will see kind of the blueprint that I've laid out here. And I wanna find those artists, I wanna, I wanna introduce those artists to the way I did it and hook them into those streams and see if we can get some new careers going out here that are singing about things that are really true. It's a, bi- it's a big moment, Tommy, it really is. To be able to, it is a machine and to beat the machine is really, really tough. Well, you've done
0: it, and you've done it for a long time. This isn't the first song that you've had that's gone viral, that's done very well, certainly with conservatives and probably with a lot of liberals who won't admit it. <laughs> right. But
2: well, 88% of the country, I mean, if you talk about 88 out of 100 Americans, you're talking about liberals. You're talking right. about all kinds of people that don't like what's going on in the country right now. Everybody has to buy gas. Everybody has to buy food. Everybody saw what happened in Afghanistan. Everybody that's got kids sees how the schools are trying to indoctrinate their kids. They shouldn't be indoctrinating them with what they're talking about, just like I shouldn't come in and indoctrinate your kids about the Second Amendment and how they ought to be carrying a, a pistol around. I should not do that. Ain't my kid. That's something you talk about at home. You do it the way you guys want to do it. Everybody is feeling that. This administration, the people that are currently running things have stepped so far over the line with people that it's no longer about your political persuasion. It's about, hey, I'm a human being. I'm a dad. I'm a mom. I'm a, I'm a, I am am ai ai have a job you now stepped into my personal life to such a degree, we reject it. And 88 out of 100 Americans are saying that.
0: I hope you're right that they make that connection, though, that they're unhappy and they know why they're unhappy and they know who is causing the unhappiness. That's where I think we have to do better at our messaging. People are unhappy, but there's a lot of people that still think it's Trump's fault. I want to ask you, though, you and I have talked about Mm -hmm. this before. Is it safe to say, at least majority speaking— that those artists out there in country music or whatever, if they're quiet and they're not posting black squares and BLM stuff and Roe v. Wade stuff, is it safe to say that they are probably conservative if they're quiet?
2: I would say it's a good chance, a good chance that they're conservative if they're quiet. Um, I remember Jason Aldean hit me with a text. I wrote his first four hit songs back in the day, Hick Town and Emerald mm-hmm. Sky. So we've been friends a long time. And a couple of years back, I guess his wife posted a picture. She was jogging, had on a MAGA hat or something. And people just started swarming her and attacking her on social media. And Jason hits me with a text. He goes, you see what people are saying about my wife? They're attacking my wife. I said, yeah, it's terrible. He goes, what do you think I ought to do about it? I said, well, what would you do to anybody else that was attacking your wife? He goes, well, if I do that, I mean, you, you know how you know how this thing works in the industry. I go, well, what's more important to you? Right. And so he... Eventually, he came out about a week later, and he goes, you know what? Don't talk about my wife. And on top of that, here's a whole line of apparel I just came (laughs) with. It's pro-America, pro-police, pro-military, and he stepped out. I saw a picture the other day. He's on a golf course with Trump hitting a golf ball. And has he been hurt? Absolutely not. The artists have to understand your crowd will stick with you. The industry may try to bang you around, but what I've seen is that if you've got enough nerve to step out and still be truthful and be an American, be proud of your country, and not put up with it, that the audience will come to your back and they will bolster you, and this song is perfect example, it's number one. I mean, when I see that little song sitting up there and then I see these other names below it, it's just astonishing to me to see that.
0: I actually had a conversation about your song and about the success of it the other night with a friend of mine who's more in the rock industry. He said, listen, True Social, look what John Rich has been able to do. I don't want to ride the fence anymore, and I want to know how I can do it in such a way where it's like I can still stay mainstream, but I can be forthright about my conservatism. So it's having an impact. I was actually really surprised to see, especially during the pandemic, that some folks that I would not have suspected and they might not be conservative, and in fact, I don't think they are, stepped out to talk about masks. Mm -hmm. We saw Carrie Underwood like a a tweet about unmasking students. We saw Dirk's Bentley put something out. That That astonished me. I don't think he's necessarily conservative, but I think the masking of kids and the way that COVID impacted the industry and impacted people's kids, I think it gave people some courage. And then it seemed like when that moment passed, at least in places like Tennessee, then some of that nerve passed a little Mm -hmm. bit too. They lost a little bit of their guts.
2: Um, There's a line and they've crossed it. And, And the line is not a Republican line or a conservative line. It is a human line that they have crossed. When you tell people in mass that they have to inject something in their arm that's experimental that they do not want... And you say, well, do it or you can't keep your job. Do it or you can't serve in the military. Do it or you can't be a cop. Do it or you can't go to school. Do it or you can't get on a plane. Do it or you can't walk in this building. When you go to that point with people, that's where they've gone. And that is the line that they've crossed. And people are not going to forget that. I don't care if they're, if they're wildly left or wildly right or somewhere in the middle. You cross that line, you, you just crossed a line that, that now you're going to see what we do when we push back. I think this fall you're going to see a lot of people voting um, with that exact angst in their chest that they had been having to swallow over and over and over for the past couple of years, and now they get to go be heard in the voting booth. And listen, there's a lot of, a lot of Republicans that I used to support, that I've seen how they've acted in the past few months. They are more dangerous, in my opinion, to our country than the wildest liberal ever mm-hmm. thought about being, because they're Judas, they're Benedicts. I've told more than two or three of them that I'd never raise another Oh, I know you have. Them.
0: I know you have, and I appreciate that. I'm the yeah. same way with even our own governor in Tennessee. I don't yeah. stand for spineless, rhino, fake conservatives. If you want to be a fake conservative, that's fine. Be forthright about it, but then don't try to raise <laughs> money off of the very people that you're going against. Yeah. But I think what it is is bitterness. I don't think that they necessarily don't like ultra mega or Donald Trump, I think they don't like that Donald Trump and the America First movement rendered them irrelevant.
2: Mm-hmm. I also think they're all very guilty of a lot of the same things that they're calling out on the other side. They're part of it. Right. There's a patty cake match going on behind the scenes when they get off TV. Um, you got to remember the shoulders we stand on in this country, the founding fathers. If you look at the Declaration of Independence, You see those names on there. I wish I could have known John Hancock, because what a cocky guy that was. Give me the pen. I'm going to do it three times bigger (laughs) than everybody. They knew that if the Brits ever found them, anybody whose name was on that page, they were going to hang them from a tree, burn their property, erase their families from from history, but they signed it anyway. They had this little phrase back then called liberty or death. It was not a hashtag. It was not a T-shirt or a ball cap or a website. It was the attitude that it took to found our country. And why did they take such a risk? For future generations, right? That's what we talk, well, who's the future generation? Us, we are the future generation. So who are we as Americans, regardless of your politics, to be so spineless that you won't speak the truth. You won't stand up for for what you know to be right. You won't defend your family or yourself for that matter because you're afraid of getting kicked off of Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or somebody's gonna give you a dirty look at work or whatever. There's no more time for that. And I think that the other side has been banking on the fact that people would just continue to roll over and roll over. And they would just continue to roll us towards their end goal, which is not a good place to be. And I'm hoping that this song, uh, Progress, becomes kind of a, a rally cry,
0: An a battle anthem song. anthem, yeah.
2: Something that's three minutes long that you can hit play on that and go, that's it. Because there's so much stuff going on, Tommy, that's bad. You almost can't even get it out. It's, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like when you're mowing the grass and you mow over a yellow jacket nest and they come swarming out and they're biting you all over. You're just like going like this, and you, you can't even get it all out. And I think a simple little song like this allows people to download something, send it to their friends, play it in their car, and go, okay, I'm not all by myself. Other people feel the same way.
0: And get some courage. And that's that's what you're doing, and you're beating the machine, and we're going to do everything we can to keep you at number one, (laughs) because I want to see you beating the Billie Eilishes of the world, the Lizzo's, the Harry Styles, all of them. We want to keep John Rich at number one, and more importantly, we want to keep the message of the progress or the lack thereof on top of people's minds, and right on into November.
2: Absolutely. ride that horse all the way across the finish line.
0: John, good to see you as always. Yes, You're ma'am. always welcome back into into my set and I my studio it. because it's it's made for me and for you. Really, it's, it's both of our aesthetics rolled There's into one. There's a good
2: one. place to set a cocktail if we wanted to.
0: Exactly. Well, yes. hey, listen. Next time, we'll that's toast. what we're gonna do. Sounds good. All right. Up next, COVID and the tyranny that came with it was not fun in games, but my next guest created a card game in its honor. The creator of Citizens Outbreak is here next. The COVID pandemic was a rough time in our nation's history, and to this day, some blue states just don't want to let it go. But what better way to commemorate the tyranny of the COVID era than a trivia card game? Joining me now is co-creator of Citizen Outbreak, Matthew, how do you say your last name? Tobaroff. Tobaroff, there we go. Matthew Tobaroff, you are a co-creator of this wonderful game that's commemorating one of the dumbest times in recent American history, but you made some fun out of it. Why create a card game? To give people PTSD from the two plus years that we were locked down and infringed upon. Why do that?
1: I love the lead-in. So, um, you know, during lockdown, like everybody else, I went virtual. A lot of people, I got on these chat groups with friends, not strangers, right? And my childhood buddy Rudy and I were going back and forth, living through it together. Um, You know, watching every crazy headline that came out, every nuts thing that was coming out, every crisis that was hitting us every 12 seconds and you know I stepped back and I said you know how's anybody gonna remember all this because it seemed you know with everything coming at us with the speed that it was you know like we were just getting numb to everything and everything you know if we look back now you know so it started with this idea of let's create a time capsule right because this stuff should be memorialized then you know thinking through it I said you know this is a game I think there's a game here and I and I and I started looking around into that industry and I got really excited about the idea of doing it through a trivia game and you know the elements about it right so yes I you know there's a lot of crazy stuff but one you know no matter where you were if you were in Nashville, New York, Pittsburgh, uh, Paris there's elements about the last few years where everybody can connect and relate and I think human beings want to connect and relate And make
0: fun of the time.
1: Absolutely. It was stupid. Do you
0: remember also flashing back to what was december 31st of 2020 when everyone thought on january 1st 2021 everything was just going to be great oh again. no yeah everyone thought oh this is going to be over when 2020 is over Ha! some states want to bring back masks so your game is probably going to be relevant as long as there are still democrats in office
1: <laughs> no i mean absolutely i remember telling my fiance when the first two weeks i was like no no no, no the world's going to open in, literally in march i was telling her in march 2020 she's like you want to come join me and i said i can't the world's going to reopen i got to be ready you know and a half years later you know you're still doing segments about uh about this time so you know and then it was like everybody dug in right so there was no nobody could have a conversation about it you're not allowed to talk about it i mean oh, it it was a
0: rough time people got angry i mean the the vaccine the vaccine thing became a huge discrepancy between people between families the masking whether to mask double mask mask when you're alone liberals are still walking around masked alone i want to get into some of these cards though because um, we've got two categories. So you have the citizen outbreak cards that are more about COVID. And then you've got ones that are about all things viral. So you've got follow the science, COVID related, all things viral. And that's just everything nuts that went on Donald Trump wise, Biden wise, the world wise. Oh, two different categories. So let's let's take a look. At one of these ones. All right, I'm going to do the first card. The first case of COVID-19 in the United States was discovered in which state? And I know the answer to this one. So it's New York, California, Florida, Washington State. Now it's Washington State, isn't it? It is. Yes, I was the first guy, I remember it. And I think it actually originated in California way before they announced it, but that first guy was in Washington state. So see, I would destroy this game. I would do an amazing job because I was so locked into the lunacy of COVID. I'm telling you, I'm bringing this on my 30th birthday. I'm playing it with my friends. I'm gonna destroy everybody. I love it. Um, What are some other fun ones here?
1: Let's see. You want me to grab oh, one? Oh, here's,
0: here's one, too, about the all things viral. So it's not just about COVID. It's about the lunacy that, that came with it, the summer riot season even, uh, the oh, cancel everything. culture. I'm going to read another one. During the COVID-19 pandemic, planters killed off the, this iconic mascot. What was the name of the mascot? Aunt Jemima, Mr. Peanut, Mrs. Walnut, Miss Planters. Well, it had to be planters, so it had to be, was it Mr. Peanut? Yeah. And why did they kill that off? What was, what was racist about that?
1: I, you know, that's your job. I got, I don't know what it was. I couldn't make Again, sense. It makes I made no a game sense. about it.
0: Oh, you my know, gosh. Because, you
1: know, the, and it, you know, it keeps going on. I saw you posted today about the taco that they've got to get rid of at Klondike. Yes. You know. Well,
0: Jill Biden is going to be very upset about that one. It's not a breakfast taco, but I'm sure there's somebody that identifies as a Choco taco, so she's going to be upset. Now, explain to me what the lockdown card does.
1: So, the lockdown card, if you pull the lockdown card, uh, you miss two turns. Right. Okay. Um, so you know the way the game functions is that you know there are guidelines on the back of the box and t- you know recommended guidelines. We trust everybody to do, you know to use their best uh, judgment on how to play the game. But so you go, I go, or if there's multiple, or this is for a group of people. Um, somebody pulls a lockdown card, they missed two turns.
0: There's also a booster card that's yeah. close to you. Yeah. Um, what does the booster card do? Is that like a forced vax thing?
1: No, if you pull the booster card, you gain two turns. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So if people want to get that booster card, unlike in real life when a lot of people don't. Uh, what are the chances that liberals play this game in masks?
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, there's still, I still see a lot of people driving around in, uh, in cars wearing masks. But, you know, the thing about this game is, right, people can't talk about it. Uh, this topic. People don't. People get mad, and a lot of people are making a lot of su- assumptions about this game. When they get to it, there's stuff, you know, depending on where you got your news and where you dug in, yes, there'll be stuff in here that might provoke you or you might question, but this, re- this isn't me jabbing my finger in anybody's eye. This is me pr- trying to put something forward that can be a good messenger and really well, get people true. to start talking You know, in, and using critical thinking again.
0: And to come together on the issue, because this isn't just a game for conservatives that are no. critical of COVID tyranny, because these cards are for anybody. Who do you think would do better as somebody who's just on the outside and independent? Do you think a conservative or a liberal, as they self-identify, would do better at your game?
1: You know, I think that once they get into it, people will people will enjoy it. And I think anybody, you know, I think that if you... Depending where you got your news and how you feel about the issue, you might feel different about some of the questions in here, but hopefully you've gone through part, a few questions so it's hooked you in and you see that there's stuff that we can laugh at together, question together. There's stuff that you will debate together, but everything's been sourced here accurately, and there's things here that hopefully do stimulate some critical thinking and debate because you know nobody can talk about this anymore. Talk about anything. You know, if one person says something, this guy's going to turn off the TV, no matter how brilliant it is. And uh, hopefully this is a good messenger that gets people together at the table and they can play on all the similarities or things that, you know, they can relate to.
0: Well, it's a good moment for everyone to come together. And I just like to poke a lot of fun because obviously you know how I feel about COVID. But my last question for you, have you sent one to Dr. Anthony Fauci?
1: You know, I have not sent one to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, I'd love to. I Would think- he
0: win this game? Would he be the MVP of this game? Do you think? Uh, I
1: don't. I don't know. Did you he know. write this game? No. <laughs> this game is not. This game is totally, totally independent as a great. Comes.
0: Well, I love the game. I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna dominate the game, and then let you know how much I dominate this game because I can't wait to play it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for gifting us these wonderful games. Oh, you got your own.
1: i got your your fresh one one all wrapped. The
0: whole crew is going to have so much fun with it, and I'm going to beat everybody. I really will. Uh, Anybody that wants to go buy this game, where can they find it?
1: So go to our website, www.citizenoutbreak.com. We're on Instagram, at Citizen Outbreak. We're on Facebook and TikTok and Twitter. But... uh, they can find all the information on our website, which is www.citizenoutbreak.com, and very easy. We're launching on Kickstarter shortly with the game. That's where a lot of these games uh, launch, so it's really exciting. Um, so they can find us there too. But the best place to go is to our website. Uh, follow the instructions there. Um, you know, I can't wait to get it to everybody.
0: It's going to be a great gift, maybe a good gift for the upcoming midterms. I think it'll be a great gift. I'm going to send to all of my liberal friends. I think I have like two. Uh, but anyway, thank you for sharing the game, and I can't wait to play it, and all the success in the world. Let's just hope that we don't have to have a new one for the monkey
1: pox situation. Well, we have extra packs. So this is the standard Ooh. Kickstarter edition. We have the hoarder pack edition. Oh, but
0: wait, there's more. The hoarder pack The hoarder edition. pack
1: edition comes with 50 extra questions for you. And then there's the stockpile edition, which has 100. So... We are. We keep updating. Uh, I mean, you know, these times are content rich. So uh, we That's keep a very updating. diplomatic
0: way of saying it. These times <laughs> are indeed content rich. Let's go, Brandon. All right. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to play. But up next, closing out this Friday, Junior, I have some rather heated final thoughts on the plans to swap Russia-stranded WNBA star Brittany Griner for a Russian arms dealer nicknamed the Merchant of Death. Yeah, that's next. Hold up. Are we really going to exchange a Russian arms dealer nicknamed the Merchant of Death to get back America-hating Britney Griner? Oh, I have some final thoughts. WNBA star Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia since February. She pleaded guilty in a Russian court on charges of bringing vape cartridges containing oils derived from cannabis through a Moscow airport. That's illegal. She claims to have done it mistakenly, but the law is the law and Russians, they don't mess around. Ever since her detainment, naturally her family, friends, and fellow players have been pleading with the Biden White House to bring her home, and I don't blame them. Russia's legal system is janky, their country is oppressive, and it isn't the place I'd wanna be stranded, especially behind bars. But it looks like Griner's luck could be changing. This week, Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced the administration put forward a substantial proposal to secure the release of both WNBA player Brittany Griner and former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Until you hear the part about how the State Department allegedly plans to accomplish this homecoming by swapping a Russian arms dealer by the name of Victor Bout, a.k.a. the Merchant of Death. If you're wondering how he got that cute little nickname, it derives from his lengthy history of selling weapons to people and countries who intended to kill Americans. Boy, what could go wrong if we release him, I wonder? I'm sure he'll retire to a quiet life of quilting or collecting beanie babies. Not? Are we really going to trade a man convicted of selling weapons intended to kill innocent people, including Americans, for Griner? Greiner has a track record of vocally crapping on the USA and our national anthem and symbols, so her desire to get back here is a refreshing change of heart, but still, I'll repeat, merchant of death. Did we not learn our lesson when Obama swapped Bo the deserter Bergdahl for five Taliban terrorists imprisoned at Gitmo? If you're wondering, those model citizens didn't retire to a life of collecting Beanie Babies either, as four of the five of them are now sitting in the corrupt Afghan government. Look, I'm not against bringing Griner and Whelan home, but the swap has trouble written all over it. You don't exchange merchants of death for basketball players who, up until she was stuck in Russia, didn't appreciate the USA anyway. So bring her home, fine, but not like this. This is stupid. The Biden administration doing something stupid, reckless, and to the detriment of society. Shocking, I know. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.